the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, what are these matters and responsibilities that a young woman is to think clearly and biblically about? Well, that's what verses 4 and 5 deal with. Paul lists seven responsibilities, and really they're character qualities, not just what she's to do, but what she's to be. What she's to be in terms of her domestic responsibilities, in terms of her family relationships. Uh, These are the goals for every young woman in our church. This is directed at you. If you are young and not married, then you need to look at these and say, you know, if God does call me to be married and have children, then this is my goal. These are my goals. This is where I aim as a wife and a mother. So let's begin to, uh, to look at these characteristics. We will find those characteristics in the book of Titus in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Over the past several classes, we have considered the characteristics of godly older men and older women. Now, let's see what Paul had to say to Titus about the behavior of godly younger women. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His years of expository, or verse-by-verse preaching, have expanded into the realm of radio. These daily Bible classes of the air are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. As we continue this in-depth tour of Titus, we're going to look at a couple of verses that have irritated many people. These are old-fashioned verses, and so it's easy to think that these two verses are not only irrelevant to our culture, but that they are downright chauvinistic. These two verses, frankly, just bug many women. I think the irritation comes from a misunderstanding of Paul's purpose as well as the message actually contained in his words. Since our society is working hard to destroy the family as designed by God, misunderstanding and ridicule of these verses is almost inevitable. To grasp what Paul was saying and why it's not just relevant but highly important, we need to understand the cultural context. So let's get our Bibles and notepads ready and dig right in. Here is Pastor Steve. Over 30 years ago, jazz artist Billy Tipton realized that a woman would have a very difficult time breaking into the field of jazz. And so Billy, though a woman, decided to live as a man. And, uh, and she did for the next 30 years. But obviously, when she died, uh, things would come to the surface, and medical personnel found out the truth about about her, that she was a woman, and she was not a man as she pretended to be. You know, that's really a shame. It's a shame that, that Billy Tipton never got to enjoy life as a woman, never got to experience life as God wanted her to experience it, as God intended for her to do it. But I think even more tragic is that there are a lot of women who, while they don't pretend to be men, don't really enjoy being women. They really don't enjoy being women. Why is that? Well, I think one reason 
is that many women don't understand what the Bible teaches about their God-given roles and responsibilities. They're just ignorant about that. And uh, others who do understand, and this is perhaps even the most tragic, those who do understand what the Bible says about a woman's role and her responsibilities often don't want to accept it. And they fight it, and they reject it. And the passage of the Bible that bothers them more than any other is the verses that we're going to study this morning. So I invite you to open your Bibles to Titus chapter 2, and we want to look at verses 4 and 5. This is um, a passage of Scripture that gives more trouble to uh, to women who uh, who struggle with what the Bible says about the qualities of a godly woman than perhaps any other passage in all of the Bible. And I'd like to read this to you in our, on, our ongoing study of Titus. We've arrived at this point, Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Speaking of the, of the older women who are to teach, Paul writes that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Now, concerning the truths presented in these verses, one Bible teacher said this. He wrote, No biblical standard is more viciously attacked today than the God-ordained role of women in society, and no passage is more ridiculed or reinterpreted by assailants within the church than these two verses. Strong words, but I think very accurate words. Now, before we get into, into our study this morning, we need to understand several things about these verses. So let me give you a couple of observations. Number one, and you have, you have study notes you can follow and also write things in. Number one, Paul, while he, uh, is addressing this to young women, we can, we can obviously see that he says young women, uh, he's addressing it to young women, but it is clear from the context that Paul has in mind young women who are married and young women who have children. That's very clear from the context because he speaks about their responsibilities would be to love their husbands, to submit to their husbands, also to love their children. Now, uh, this is not to say that the Bible teaches that all women are to be married. The Bible doesn't teach that. Nor is it to say that every married couple has to have children. The Bible doesn't say that either. But uh, that's who Paul had in mind. He had in mind those women, young women, who were married, and who had children. Because in Paul's culture, it was the norm. It was a norm for a woman to grow up, get married, and have children. And so that's who Paul is addressing. So we want to make that clear. It says young women, but he is speaking to the young women who are married, young married women. The second observation is, is this. These young women are to be taught and trained in their family responsibilities by the older women of the church. We looked at that last week. This is not a a biblical counselor's responsibility. It's not a, a man's responsibility. It's not a pastor's responsibility. It is the responsibility of older women in the church who are to teach these things to younger women. But let's take it a step further. And the step further is, notice in verse 4, Paul says that they, meaning the older women, may encourage the young women to do all these things. Uh, that's very interesting. That word encourage does not mean just encourage. It does mean that, but it, it means more. The uh, original Greek word means to train someone in self-control or sound-mindedness. In other words, older women are to help younger women to develop sound judgment and sensibility. That's the thought here. 
They, they need help in thinking clearly about these issues, and older women, more experienced women, are to provide that help so that these young women uh, will not react rashly, will not react immaturely, but will have an older woman who comes alongside of her and helps her to, uh, to think clearly and straightly about these family matters. That's very important. So I think you need to understand that. It is not, Paul is not saying just have a class on this, though I think that's all part of this whole deal. But he is saying that they need older women who will come alongside of them to help them cling, uh, think clearly. Implication is, is that they might not think clearly on their own because they have not got the experience or perhaps even the depth of character at this point in their lives. So they need to think straight about Family matters. Now, what are these matters and responsibilities that a young woman is to think clearly and biblically about? Well, that's what verses 4 and 5 deal with. Paul lists seven responsibilities, and really they're character qualities, not just what she's to do, but what she's to be. What she's to be in terms of her domestic responsibilities, in terms of her family relationships. Uh, These are the goals for every young woman in our church. This is directed at you. Secondly, if you are young and not married, then you need to look at these and say, you know, if God does call me to be married and have children, then this is my goal. These are my goals. This is where I aim as a wife and a mother. So let's begin to uh, to look at these characteristics. We'll look, Lord willing, at only four of them today, and um, and then next week we'll cover the rest. The first characteristic of a godly young woman, we're looking at characteristics of godly young women, is this. Number one, she loves her husband. She loves her husband. Notice Paul writes in verse 4 that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their husbands. Now, the first thing Paul tells Titus to tell the older women, to tell the younger women, if you can keep that in mind, is to love their husbands. But we want to be clear, and we want to precisely understand what Paul is talking about, because if we don't explain this, you may get the wrong idea. He is not talking here about sexual love. He is not talking here about romantic love. Uh, it's a compound word in the Greek, and it, and, and it starts off with the Greek word phileo. Phileo means friendship. Fond affection, dear affection. Uh, and, and so the thought here is the love of affection, the love of a husband as a dear friend, to think fondly of a husband, to be fond of him. Now you may wonder, and it's important for us to think our way through this, why would Paul have to tell a wife to uh, have affection for her husband? Isn't it natural for her to, to be affectionate, uh, to have fondness, to like her husband? The answer is no. No, it's not natural. It's not natural. Let me give you several reasons why this was very important, not only in Paul's day, but in our day as well. Number one, some women are married to men who are uncaring, insensitive, and I hope your windows are closed, I might add. (laughs) Married, uh, I hope you had a husband who was sensitive to close your window. But some women are married to uncaring men, insensitive men, ungrateful men, and it is not easy to develop a friendship and a real fond affection when you live with a man like that. That's number one. In fact, it is easy to be resentful and angry and wounded with a man like that. So keep in mind, some women are married to very difficult men. And Paul is saying to those women, even if they're not this way towards you, even if they don't treat you well, you are to have a fond affection towards them. You are to like them. We will be back in a minute with more reasons why Paul needed to tell young wives to have affection for their husbands. 
As I said before, if we know a bit about the audience, we'll better understand the message. Pastor Steve will get right to that as soon as we greet those of you who missed the start of our class. We're glad to have you aboard. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside, located in Clearwater, Florida, since 1981. If you are ever in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning and are unable to be at your own church, why not stop in and worship with us? Pastor Steve would be thrilled to meet you. Lakeside is at 1893 Sunset Point Road, midway between U.S. 19 and the Beaches. Oh, by the way, if you did miss the beginning of our class, stick around. I'll tell you at the end of the broadcast where to find this lesson and many previous ones on the Internet. The Apostle Paul said that young wives are to have affection toward their husbands. Sometimes that's easier said than done. I know that many husbands don't do a lot to deserve affection. Let's get back to class for a couple more reasons Paul had for that command. And then Pastor Steve will have some thoughts to share with us on how you can be affectionate with your husband, whether or not you think he is a lovable kind of guy. Secondly, second reason why Paul would say this, in Paul's day, the Christian home was something brand new. Do you realize that? It was brand new. Uh, these people didn't go to marriage seminars. They didn't go to the Christian bookstore and get books on it. They couldn't listen to the Christian radio about this. Uh, these were people saved out of paganism. These are first-generation Christians. They don't know anything about this stuff. When, when, uh, men and women didn't get married in that culture because they loved one another. Do we understand that? That's a Western phenomena. In the East, uh, even Christians today, still in the East, they, they married... Uh, because the parents arranged it. Michelle and I saw this in India. Even some Christians have arranged marriages. It still goes on. But why, why would they have arranged marriages? Well, uh, they often married to, uh, to produce legitimate children, legal children, children who would be legal heirs to an inheritance. It was, it was arranged. They didn't get married because they loved one another. Now, maybe you just kind of hooked up with somebody did, that you did like. And you told your parents, I like him or I like her. But Norman, you got whoever they picked for you. And therefore, young women needed to be trained to love their husbands because they didn't marry out of love. They didn't have their hormones exploding all over the place and, and plan a wonderful wedding day and, and all of that. And this is the one I've chosen. And so and they didn't have an, an engagement time like we have it today and a dating time. So it was brand new. So I think that, that they would have been blown away to hear, love your husband. I don't even want to be with him, let alone love him. I think there's a, a third reason why, and let me say this, before the, uh, be, before the third reason, let me, let me go back for a moment and say, what this tells us, though, very insightly, is this, that love is a choice that we make. For Paul to say to women to love their husbands would mean that it may not be something that's based on how they feel. It's not based on how they feel. Love is not a feeling. It has to do with uh, a decision. It's not a hormonal thing. It has more to do with determination to obey Jesus Christ than anything else. But what I have found is this, in not only counseling women, but in speaking to people about obedience, when you decide to do what's right, the feelings almost all the time follow. They almost all the time follow. They may take a little while catching up, but this tells us that love is a choice we make especially in marriage. 
Number three, a third reason why I think Paul would say this is that many Christian women were married to unsaved men, pagan men. It'd be very difficult if you were a new Christian and, and you were changing every day, you were changing in attitudes and values and your perspective on life to come home to a husband who was totally pagan. And maybe he went to the pagan temple and wanted you to go with him and participate in all that. And it would be very challenging for these women to love their husband. That happens today. There are some of you who are married to unsaved husbands. And it's very difficult to love a man like that in the sense of what Paul is talking about. So Paul says, Titus, tell the older women that when they're training the young women to, to train them to love their husbands. So for all these reasons and, and more, um, Paul says to do this. Now, how can you apply? And this is what I'm concerned about that, we, you know, not only that we understand this truth, but ladies, how do you apply this to your life? What specifically can you do to cultivate a fondness and an affection for your husband? Well, I'm going to give you some thoughts here. Uh, these are some tangible suggestions from a book that I have by um, uh, a biblical um, counselor named Wayne Mack from the Master's College. And he has, I think it's about 90 suggestions. If you want more, let me know and I will uh, make a copy for you. But this is how you can, ladies, let your husbands know that you love them. And remember, express love and your feelings will follow. Don't wait till you feel loving or you'll be waiting a long time. In fact, it probably will never come. Do what's right. Number one, let me give you, and you can write this down because you're not, believe me, you're not going to remember this. Uh, write some of these things down. And these are some ways that uh, you can let your husband know that he's special to you. Number one, you can greet him at the door when he comes home with a smile a hug, a kiss, and a saying like this, am I glad to see you? I've missed you all day. I've missed you today. Now, don't say that if it's not true. You know, hopefully that's going to be true. Another suggestion, I'm just going to go through this. There, there are some, these are practical things, because we don't want to just give a, a vague thing, love your husband. What does that mean? What do you do with that? I want to give you some suggestions. Another suggestion is be willing to talk to him about his concerns without belittling him for having those concerns. Support him and cooperate with him enthusiastically and positively when he has made a decision. Express your love in words and notes. Every husband uh, appreciates that. That's one tangible way of letting him know that, that you care. Let him know how much you appreciate him and what you appreciate about him. Do this often and for things that are sometimes taken for granted. Pretend that you're trying to convince him that you think he's great and very important to you. See, we often, let me stop here. We often get on the husbands in Ephesians 5 about love your wives as Christ loved the church. Rarely do we have to tell the wives to love their husbands, but we're in this. And so, ladies, you're getting it now. The men have gotten this before. Some more, some more suggestions. Ask for his advice and frequently follow it. Ask him for his advice. I like this. Buy gifts for him. That's good. It's good. I like Wayne Mack. He put that in there. Buy gifts. Um, how about this? Watch a sports event with him and try to manifest a genuine interest. Underline that word genuine. That would express that uh, just as you would like him to go into a dress shop with you, this would be important to him. You see, what you're communicating is that you matter to me. I love you. I care about you. 
We're not just married together. We don't just have sexual relations together. There's a fondness that I have for you, and I'm cultivating that, and you're special to me. Let me give you some more. Keep the house neat and clean. Every husband appreciates that. Cook uh, creatively and faithfully. Run errands gladly. Underline the word gladly. Be lovingly honest with him. No withholding of truth that will hinder your relationship or future trust and closeness. Speak the truth in love. Join him in a team ministry at the church. That'd be a wonderful thing to do. Join him in a team ministry. Be satisfied with your present standard of living or furniture or equipment when he can provide no more. Be satisfied with that. That that absolutely destroys a husband when a wife is not satisfied. Take care of his clothes so that he's always well-dressed. And uh, and finally, tell him before he asks you that you think he's done a good job. If he has done a good job, don't tell him if he hasn't, but if he has done a good job, and don't be afraid of repeating yourself and commending him for what he is or does. Now, if you'd like, as I said before, this is about, I think I gave you 16 suggestions, but uh, there's about 90-something that I have. Uh, we don't have the time to go through all that. And I just pulled a few that I thought would be pertinent, but you can, if you're interested, um, let me know about that, and I'll, I'll get some copies for you. But ladies, these are some of the ways that, that you can show your husband that you love him, whether, as I said before, whether you feel like it or not, because love is sacrificial giving. Love is sacrificial giving of yourself, even if you are not appreciated, and listen to this, even if you are not loved, even if you are not appreciated, even if you are not given this kind of attention in return. Love is never dependent on the other person doing what they're supposed to do. Love is you doing and making decisions on what you're supposed to do. And here's a key truth, and I said this before. When you sacrifice and give of yourself for your husband, you will find yourself loving him. You will find yourself loving him because feelings follow genuine love. But too often a wife doesn't do this because she doesn't feel these things. When you practice genuine self-giving love, you will love him and the feelings will follow. So the first characteristic of a young woman, a godly young woman, is that she loves her husband. Now, ladies, you have to put this into practice. You have to put this into practice. That's your assignment this week. I might add that you may be surprised by the benefits of practicing the suggestions Pastor Steve just listed. At each suggestion, I thought, my wife already does that. Then it occurred to me that I'm blessed with an incredible wife and I need to do a better job of showing my appreciation. So, ladies, Pastor Steve has given you your assignment for the week. I have one for the men. If your wife already shows you she loves you, or if she takes Pastor Steve's advice and starts demonstrating true affection, be sure to respond with appreciation and love. If she doesn't do these things, then you should take the initiative. You do loving things and see how she responds. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside for more than 26 years, and now Verse by Verse Ministries is privileged to bring these practical messages to the radio. We are a faith ministry made possible through the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own local church. If you missed the start of class, we have a redo option on the internet. Just point your browser to versebyverseradio.org. 
You can listen to today's program online or download it and listen later. You can find many of our previous lessons on the archives page. To make sure that you don't miss any lessons, or if you want to make them available to a friend who can't listen to the radio when we are on the air, we offer a free podcasting service. Another resource is our complimentary newsletter. All that and more is available at versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the start of a three-part message. Sometimes it helps to have the continuity of listening to the entire message in one sitting. If you would like to do that, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. Bill Cosby's stories of growing up are both poignant and hilarious. He once told about the time he and his brother were really causing their mother some grief. She chased them into the living room screaming, I'll break you in two. Cosby's dad looked up from his paper and calmly asked her, Why in the world would you want twice as many of them? I think all of us with kids have been right there. Yet the Apostle Paul said that young mothers are to love their children. And he didn't say that you only need to do it when they are sweet and compliant. We will consider that on the next Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.